You're listening to Alicast, a deep dive into innovative and emerging trends in e-commerce, online payments, and digital entertainment. In this episode of Alicast, we're joined by luxury fashion house Philippa Kay's CEO, Ricard Frost. A little bit about Ricard before we get going. A Swedish native, Ricard joined Philippa Kay last year with a mission to reboot the brand for the post-pandemic landscape leaning on his experience in e-commerce. Ricard spent over a decade engineering the digital transformation of Acne Studios from a local denim brand to an international powerhouse. This year, Philippa Kay entered China by launching on Alibaba Group's Tmall, which connects businesses with over a billion consumers in the world's second largest economy. Ricard, thank you very much for joining us on Alicast. Thank you, Alison, for inviting me. You've only recently joined Philippa Kay, but so much has happened already. Could you please introduce the brand and how you're repositioning Philippa Kay? Sure. Philippa Kay is an heritage brand in the northern parts of Europe. We've been around since 1993. The brand was started by Philippa Knutson and her husband. From the get-go, we were always very focused on defining and trying to create uh, an effortless, minimalist style with a very focused intention on, on designing pieces that could last, seasons and trends. And the brand is today a household name in northern Europe. And um, yeah, right now we're in this, this very exciting journey on bringing the brand in front of a larger audience. The retail industry has globally was knocked severely by the pandemic. But Philippa Kay seems to be back on the offensive, right? You've just suggested that you're expanding. Yeah, like um, many brands, um, Philippa Kay was uh, hit by the pandemic. We took a hit on the revenue side. And right before the pandemic, our founder and creative director had also decided to step down. So it was also a moment of truth for the company to decide how now we're through this. We are ready to do something. We are in need of a new direction. The strategy uh, for the company up until recently had been to really focus on the Northern European markets. But we felt that it's a brand that has a relevance and has a strengths and, and a DNA that I think would resonate with the larger audience. So that became a key pillar of the uh, strategy. And I think for a brand like Philippa K, on a global level, we're still relatively small and we need to see ourselves as a niche brand. We can't be too broad in our appeal. We need to have an, a specific audience that likes what we do. But to get the volumes through that approach, you need to be global. You need to put the brand in front of a large audience to find the volumes to grow. And I think from our perspective, knowing that we have a quite good track record on the sustainability side, I also felt that if we can grow our market share, that's going to contribute on a global level, on average, to something good for the industry. I want the brand to be a force and a voice for good when it comes to showing how sustainability can be done. And um, part of that is entering and introducing the brand through new markets, through wholesale, but also through our own stores and uh, e-commerce, as well as uh, major marketplaces like Tmall, for example, in China. When I was reading about you and the brand, it did seem from your announcements that you have had your eye on the market in China for a long time. And you talked about traveling in China. What potential do you see in the China market? 
Well, I think like any brand, the Chinese market is too big and too important and too influential to ignore. What I learned was really how powerful the market can be if you have something that resonates with the Chinese uh, client. And uh, when I traveled to China before the pandemic, it was very striking how curious the Chinese consumer was for new ways of shopping, new news in general, and just craving new things. And I thought maybe we can be one of those uh, new things that will make a difference and, and be of interest for the Chinese consumer. Perfect, thank you. Philippa Kay recently launched on Alibaba's Tmall a couple of months ago. Could you tell us a little bit about your initial experience and what you hope to achieve from the launch? So for us, having had no footprint at all in China, we had to start from scratch, really setting up a local entity, finding supply chain solutions, finding local partners, making sure that we could align and, and learn from the local expertise. In the end, we managed to put all things together and could launch uh, successfully in August of this year. We have a, a few very strong product categories. Our tailoring is, is traditionally very strong to us. Our wool outerwear, our down jackets, and a few other categories. And it's really nice to see how the Chinese consumer is exploring and finding their favorites within these categories as well. Could you share a little bit more about those insights that you've seen? Is it about the consumer behavior in China? Are they more used to researching online or? Yeah, for sure. We see that the Chinese consumer is very educated. They know the product beforehand that they want to know all the details that they can find before making a purchase. They are also a demanding consumer if it doesn't fit perfectly it's not a good product. And uh, we have to make sure that we can offer the perfect fit. So I think it's a lot about customer service, uh, but also as we get more and more data to feed that data back into the merchandising and, and design teams to move forward with a product assortment that is tailored even more to the Chinese market. As we're chatting, the world's largest retail event is now in full swing, Chinese Singles Day or 11.11 as it's known. How does Philippa Kay approach such festivals and promotions in the retail calendar? What do you have planned for Chinese consumers this 11.11? Well, I think Singles Day is, of course, extremely important for any brand and retailer. And for us, as a luxury player, you need to think about why should they pick our brand during this massive festival where, where everyone is shouting with a very loud volume to the consumers. And I think for us, it's important to to be able to offer some kind of promotion, some kind of discounts, but primarily also focus on offering exclusive products and value-added service that enables the customer to feel special and to feel that they get something that they cannot get anywhere else and that they get treated in a way that they find unique and, and something that's worth uh, talking about with their friends and their loved ones so that perhaps more people discover the brand. And I know the team here and our partners in China have been working really hard to set everything up and prepare. So this is going to be an exciting week to watch what happens. Well, you're right that customers expect some kind of exclusivity from a luxury brand, that service that they would hope to have in a bricks and mortar store as well. Yeah, we've seen a lot of capsule collections and exclusive packaging. Do you do capsule collections for these kind of festivals? We do. Uh, for this festival, we've made a knitwear, which is one of our strongest categories. So we've created cardigans and other knitwear pieces that we will offer exclusively to our audience. 
So it's a little set of products that can be mixed and matched in a good way. And I think that's going to help us tell a story for, for us as a new brand. It's also, we are learning and trying to figure out what does work. I'm confident that this will be something that uh, the consumers will like and happy to share it with our customers now in, in the coming week. Fantastic. Curious, when you were doing your market research on China, did you find a growing interest in sustainability? Do you expect Philippa Kay's emphasis on sustainability to boost the appeal of the brand? And, and are Chinese consumers you know, willing to pay that premium for sustainable products? When it comes to sustainability, that was a very clear signal from the people that we were engaging with that there is a growing interest in mindful consumption and that there's a, a room to offer an alternative, a sustainable alternative to consumers who are willing to pay for it. There's definitely an appetite. I always think about sustainability as something that will, in a few years' time, it won't even be an issue. It will be sort of expected. So as a brand, you still need to be able to sell an aspiration and a dream and, and sort of a lifestyle that's associated with the brand. Uh, that is not solely based on being sustainable, while at the same time really working on enabling a young, minimalist and sensual and effortless expression in the brand with a lot of attitude and fun baked into it, where you can trust that the product is more sustainable than the average other brand. Really hoping and expecting that uh, we find enough people with a craving for sustainability in China, and I'm confident that's the case. Thank you. Uh, zooming back out to the brand's positioning for a moment, it seems that you're taking Philippa K up market. Why is that and how is that move progressing? It's correct. We are clarifying our position. We've always been um, up market. We want to be playing by the luxury playbook, but with a very competitive price point, especially given the efforts we are putting into the quality of the garments, because the most of the negative impact that comes from making a garment comes from the production. So the longer a garment can be used and the more times it can be worn, it also reduces the average impact of each wear. We feel confident that after the reboot of the brand this summer, there's a new brand identity, new packaging, new website experience, new store concepts. Anything that essentially uh, consumer facing has been updated based on the expression and the vision of Lisa Kessler. For our last few minutes, um, may I ask you for your top three suggestions for luxury houses looking to build an omnichannel presence in China. What should they be looking to achieve and drawing on your experience? Because as you say, this is your second time bringing a brand onto Timor. Well, I think number one, as a foreign brand on the Chinese market, keep enough of your local original DNA but uh, you have to be relevant to the, the Chinese audience. Make sure that you understand the Chinese culture and the Chinese consumers so that you can find that perfect mix in the tone of voice and how you communicate and how the stories you tell need to resonate and be relevant for the local audience. That's key. That's going to create the demand that you need for the product. And then, as always, I think that for an omnichannel approach in a market as innovative as China, it's important to always try to diversify into different channels and because you never know where it's going to pick up and what's going to be the next trend. China is, is a big, complex market. Never underestimate the value of finding and working with strong local partners. For most of the team here, it's necessary to, to have access to knowledge and ideas and uh, 
about how the brand can operate and communicate in the market. Thank you so much, Ricard, for your insights. It's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure uh, talking to you as well. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Alicast. If you liked what you heard, please search Alicast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and hit follow. Alicast is produced and edited by Yashan Zhao. At Alibaba, we seek to keep you abreast of the innovative and emerging trends in e-commerce, online payments, and digital entertainment. Thank you, and goodbye. Thank you.